We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am the host, as always. Uh, apologies for the late start this evening. Uh, you know, the, the weather causing some unforeseen circumstances. Of course, I, I shouldn't complain, given uh, I'm not in the eye of the hurricane or anything like that. So uh, just made me a little bit late tonight, but it's all good. Happy to be here with my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? You know, that was a game, and we'll talk about <laughs> it. Um, I think the hurricane was more interesting but like the game, it was all a bit of a letdown and maybe a bit overhyped in the end. Wow. Uh, yeah, we got uh, analogies on point to start the, <laughs> the, the, the stream tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, thankfully, uh, the hurricane is uh, kind of downgraded a little bit to a nice rainstorm, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, a good uh, day in December or something. Now, I can't say the same for any other parts of the world. I'm not speaking to that. But in California, you know, we were hearing about people running out of sand um, for sandbags because they're all preparing for this hurricane um, here in California. A lot of people in Huntington Beach very worried about the uh, hurricane. And uh, that was kind of a wet fart in the end. <laughs> well, that's 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 a good thing. But I think uh, shows how unprepared Californians are for for a real hurricane. So hopefully mm -hmm. that uh, day never comes. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so um, this is going to be uh, kind of a quicker uh, instant recap tonight. Not a ton of 
things to really dive into, but uh, we'll take some questions and stuff like that. Um, you know, as always, if you are uh, feeling so kind, you want to ask us a question via super chat, we'll make sure and answer that tonight. But um, Chargers ultimately falling short um, 22 to 17 uh, to the Saints. Um, obviously, a lot that we could potentially dive in here, but I think we probably should start with the Easton Stick conversation. Um, first and foremost, Tyler, what did you make of him playing the whole game? And what did you make of him the way that he did ultimately play tonight? I was surprised that he played the whole game, but I do like the approach there because I think if you ever approach Max Duggan as your next guy up territory, you're probably just getting a veteran backup quarterback. I think they're going to treat Duggan kind of like they have Easton Stick for the last few years, which is we're going to develop him, see what we got, but there's always maybe another guy ahead of him. I mean, right now that's Stick, but if Stick were to get hurt, they'd probably bring in some sort of other veteran. So I get it. You give him game experience that he does not have. Now, there are just different moments you know, throughout the ent entirety of a game that he has not experienced yet. Um, I think they said he had, what, two plays in the NFL or whatever it was um, in the regular season. And so just, you know, what does the end of the half look like? What does the start of the second half look like? What does the end of the game look like? That sort of thing. Another two-minute drill. Um, so I thought that was fine. The way he played was uneven at first, you know, up and down. And I think for a while there, it was very much, okay, the offensive line isn't really helping him either. And that, that, that could go for the run game as well. The offensive line wasn't doing so hot as is. Easton Stick was up and down, but there was some good, there was some bad. And then there were just some really ugly plays. Unfortunately, half of the bad sometimes I almost was okay with because I could see a quarterback trying to extend in a smart way and try to make a play. There are several opportunities last game in this game where he could have run for a couple of yards, whatever it was, taking the check down. But you saw him you know, try to extend and hit a guy down the sideline like Pokey Wilson, I believe. Um, so plays like that, it's like, okay, this is the good of him trying to extend plays. And then there was just the, the bad that turned bad and became worse. You know, bad decisions, yeah. whatever it is, became awful plays for this team. And that was very frustrating because there were so many moments where there was that check down and there was that easy few yards, whatever it was. And he just didn't take it. And again, I totally get sometimes him trying to be, you know, game it up a little bit. Right. I kind of like the aggressiveness to a certain extent. But that last drive was like the worst of it. And it did not look good in many moments. Yeah, up and down is, is definitely how I would describe it. There's there's a lot of dunking on Easton Stick happening on social media right now. And, and I think we need to really kind of evaluate what he's done this summer as a whole and not just like pinpoint the negative plays from this specific game. And yes, definitely there were some mistakes tonight. You know, at the end of the day, this is a guy who hasn't really played a ton. You know, this is really his first preseason where he's been handed this kind of volume of reps because you know he's been behind Chase Daniel or because of COVID or because of Tyrod Taylor, because of, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so this is, this is all a part of his learning experience and, you know, him being up and down in this game, I think is, is in part due to his own growing pains, right. As well as part of the offensive line. I thought the offensive tackle situation tonight was horrendous. I, I thought that Peyton Turner was, in particular, really had himself a good day. Um, the interior offensive line wasn't nearly as good. I thought there were some good moments for sure. But, you know, even when Zion and Jamari was in there, it was kind of a mixed bag. Um, 
we had instances of receivers running the wrong routes. We had instances of, you know, some drops and things like that. So it was a mixed bag from the offense as a whole. But with Easton Sick, I think this is just kind of where he's at in his development. There were some really great moments, I thought. There were also some really bad moments, like you highlighted. Some of the plays, some of the decisions where he held on the, onto the ball too long, whereas last week he was able to kind of get the ball out quick. That's partially due to receivers not getting open. So, you know, I, I think Easton Stick had a, a tougher game than last week for sure. But, you know, this is a guy who's had a lot of positive growth this summer. And I'm seeing a lot of like, they should cut him. They should sign Easton Stick or uh, they should sign Carson Wentz. Like all these things, like trying to get rid of him after last week, everybody was crowning him, you know, as this, you know, amazing story. And, and, you know, we probably overreacted a little bit to that ourselves, but, you know, we can't do the other thing now where it's like, he had kind of a bad game. Now he's terrible. Let's cut him, assign somebody else who's bad. Like, I, I think this is them giving Easton stick a chance. And, you know, if he can really earn their trust then they'll bring him back next year. And if not, then they'll move on into a different direction. So, you know, I, I thought that Easton stick, had his moments tonight and as a whole he's played well throughout the rest of the summer but tonight was was not his best day for sure i would say overall for this entire offseason in 2023 i think it's been two steps forward one step back not one step forward two steps back i think for easton stick training camp the offseason and then that first game that's two steps forward today was one step back so i think overall we're still at a positive trajectory for Easton stick, you know, and I think that being at training camp, paying attention to him, watching the scrimmage, you know, there's a lot more plays that we saw against, you know, very good defenders and this, you know, Staley's defense did a really good job during that scrimmage. And as we've seen him do a lot of really good things and help other players flourish. So I think it's been positive overall, but today was just very, very rough. So I think the, the third game is kind of the deciding game for how I feel about how I guess how he's developed. I hope we never see him. You know, the odds are that right. you know, maybe we'll see him a couple of times. But yeah, up and down. And I, I think we're still positive. I think we were so positive on him last week because we'd seen so many plays of him throughout training camp. So it's like, okay, cool. He takes another huge step forward and everyone's happy. And it was almost like confirming what we had seen in practice. And then today was just was just not great. So yeah. let's just see how he responds. I think this team is very much so about how you respond. Um, you know, putting stick back out there, but Quentin Johnson back out there last week. It's about how you respond. So let's see how he responds in the third game. Yeah. And I think we saw how we saw some glimpses of him, like responding to adversity in this game, you know, the two minute drill right before the end of the first half, you know, the second to last drive where they had to go up tempo. I thought he was really in a, in a greater rhythm and he was able to show off his legs a little bit. There's some great connections to uh, Keelan Doss. Before the end of the half, there were some good connections to Stone Smart, Darius Davis, who had some good moments. So this is all just a part of, of his experience as, as a player. And I understand, like, this is his fifth year. Like, I, I, ideally, you're not hoping for this kind of development from a fifth-year quarterback. But he never has really had a chance. You know, he's been behind these veteran quarterbacks or he didn't have a preseason. So this is just part of the experience for him, you know. And I, I think, like I said, you'll they'll watch the tape and they'll see some good moments. They'll see some bad moments. But the context here is super important, as, as Kapil mentioning in the chat here. If he does come into a, a regular season game, he gets Rashawn Slater and, and Trey Pipkins and not Austin Pleasants and Foster Sorrell at tackle. 
Like that's a pretty significant upgrade. He gets Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, all these guys. So, you know, I'm not like gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that Easton Stick is a great backup quarterback, but he's developing, and I think we've seen positive growth from him. And so, placing all of my opinions about Easton Stick solely on this game, I think that's a mistake. Just like placing all of our expectations solely on last game is also a mistake. Yeah, it, I don't know, man. It, it's it's. I looked up Cooper Rush's salary this year, and it's only nine hundred thousand dollars less, or more than Easton Stick. Um, sure, so that's and that's totally fair. Right. Like we we wanted <laughs> we wanted Cooper Rush because he's familiar with the offense and everything, but you know it's too late. Yeah, it, it it was just tough sledding for everyone. Everyone's favorite, whoever from last week, right, had an up and down day. There was it's all an Easton Stick. You know he's the quarterback. I get it, and he had the most worst moments. But like you said, everybody kind of had a rough day today. Saints, like Saints had a really good game. I think we should also give them credit. Like sure. their guys played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Turner was was cooking uh, in that first half. Malcolm Roach, the defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the kid at the end, Valos, Tal- Talos. It's not Tal. I know it's not Talos. <laughs> I, it's not. That's from Secret Invasion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is equally as disappointing Yeah, um, as this game. Yeah. But I mean, like there was, I mean, Joshua Kelly, four carries for nine yards. Again, not totally his fault. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Spiller had the one really great run, but outside awesome. of that, it was six carries for nine yards. Um, Elijah Dotson, six carries for 21 yards. So it's not like the run game lit it up either. Mm-hmm. You know, um, John Hightower was kind of non existent. I mean, he had six More targets and one catch and two catches. false starts. Yeah. You know, unfortunate game for him. Um, yeah. You know, we'll see, obviously, if he's able to get open deep on film and stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, Quentin Johnson, I thought, had a good game. That He was really the only receiver that I thought was, like, mm-hmm. truly made an impact. But, yeah, you know, Donald Parham had a drop for a touchdown that the Chargers ultimately got a field goal out of. Mm-hmm. So, this it, it stick as the quarterback, right? But there's – it was just kind of a sluggish – game from the offense overall there was really not much going consistently mm-hmm. outside of like when they went up tempo before the half and and about the end of the game um so it just it was just kind of one of those days on offense it felt like yeah what did you make of a couple people asking about and i noticed it too the the delayed toss players the toss plays in general i don't recall how much i had seen of that in practice but then i haven't i haven't been there the last two weeks so maybe things have changed it felt like today was there let's workshop it and see how it goes kind yeah. of did because Last week was so different in the run game. Like, everything was downhill. I don't even know what was outside. Not intentionally, right? Dotson bounced outside, but it was mostly between the tackles. Um, very different today. So it just kind of felt like, yeah, let's try it in a game, see what happens. And it wasn't, wasn't yeah. a lot. Yeah, it was, it was not a lot of downhill approach until Elijah Dotson came in. And really, like, I think Spiller's big run was a downhill run. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was the delayed toss, and then there were – a bunch more like zone reads in this game too. Um, obviously, Easton Stick did score on the one touchdown. Um, it, it did feel kind of like they were workshopping some things. Like people, I'm sure will will say that they are concerned about everything. But you know, we heard at both of the joint practices, the run game was just cooking on all cylinders. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not concerned by any means. This this like you said, I feel like they were kind of experimenting with several things tonight. Yeah. Um, shoot, who was I going to bring up? Okay, people are asking, so I might as well. And I feel like if I, the fans in the chat should drive part of the show at this point because I sure. don't really know 
where to aim all this. Pick anybody, anybody who said it so far. This is probably not the right one to pick because McKitty's probably a better blocker. But how much did Trey McKitty play tonight? And uh, I, I granted, I know you're supposed to be looking at Stone Smart, like you're trying to figure out what he has. But there was a pretty significant lack of Trey McKitty tonight, I think, overall. Yeah, I think part of that is is game script because you were trailing and, and trying to pass a lot more in the second half. But in the first half, it, it felt like it was pretty consistent between McKitty and Parham as far as the rotation mm-hmm. goes. Um, and then uh, it, in the second half, really, it was it was a lot of Stone Smart and Hunter Camp Moyer. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I thought McKitty had a pretty rough day against the Rams, mm-hmm. uh, all things considered. And so. You know, <laughs> the tight end concern is is certainly popping back up tonight. But um, I thought Stone Smart played well today. I thought he had some really nice catches. Um, he had a couple good blocks in space. In terms of this specific question, I think it's still McKitty. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't trust Stone Smart as being like a downhill, you know, cut off the backside kind of, you know, inline blocker just yet. I think could he participate in kind of like a Steven Anderson type role where he's more of an, an H back and handling the, the blocks in space. I think that's a fine role for him, but you know, I, I think McKitty is still a better blocker, you know, in terms of like the traditional inline, you know, tight end stuff. Yeah. I would agree with you there. I, I pulled up that one and I felt like it was almost an obvious answer. So sort of the wrong one to pull up, but the no, right you're topic. good. You're good. Um, how are you feeling about this one? Dawson Hightower. Yeah, this is an interesting question because um, my brother-in-law, who we were watching the game with tonight, he went to UC Davis and actually played with Keelan Doss. And so he's always like asking me about like Keelan and like, hey, how's Keelan doing? How's Keelan doing? And I think Keelan has just been like more steady. And obviously, you know, John Hightower did have the the injury, but I think Doss is more consistent. But I think there's a lot of limitations to what he can do as a wide receiver. Like I think if I needed a wide receiver three in a pinch, I would probably choose Doss. But mm. like overall, like of somebody to develop and somebody to be that six receiver, like I think I would rather have Hightower because you know he's just more of an explosive playmaker. Like he's had some great moments in camp. Um like we were there both of the Saturdays we were there at practice. I thought he was one of the best receivers you know on the team mm-hmm. um but just the consistency i think is is not there yet for john hightower so they play different positions hightower does a lot of like z stuff you know he's obviously take, take, taking the top over the over the defenses and Doss is more of the slot receiver but you know i, I do think that Doss has been more consistent than hightower yeah and some of us just availability today yeah t- two false star penalties is going to not going to get you on the roster um I think it was towards the end of the game, like two of the last three drives, false start penalty. Like it happens, you know, guys do it. I'm sure if Keenan's done it, you know, all the best guys do it. Yeah. But twice in the span of about 10 minutes is, is not great. I, and maybe there's some adjustment. I don't know because he's coming back into action. He didn't really play a whole lot because he was hurt. So maybe, but no, that wasn't great. So I, I don't think I I don't think at this point either have made a strong enough case to make the roster. I think mm-hmm. they might pick a guy, unless they've already decided on Hightower. I think if they, I think they've either either decided on Hightower, or they're just going to wait for Jalen Guyton, who apparently was jogging on the field today before the game, which is very different than playing in a game. But he was at least jogging. Yeah, I think 
no one's cemented it like you said i, I think they should keep six and i think you're, you kind of feel the same way yeah and i would still prefer high tower but i don't think it's like a lock as many would have assumed you know two weeks ago that high tower is going to make it like i think yeah he really needed to play well today we'll see what happens next week um you know he is kind of coming off of this injury maybe that kind of had something to play with it you know mm-hmm. hasn't played in a real game in quite some time so maybe next week he really settles in but um ideally like for his case he would have had a much better game tonight and again not all of that is his fault but um you know it's an it's nothing cemented yet with these two yeah and who knows maybe rewatch the game i'm not doing that today or tomorrow but if we watch the game <laughs> and suddenly hey he's opened down the field more than we thought uh maybe that changes right. things right um what did you make of the running backs tonight because obviously there was a lot mm. of dots and talk after last week i thought outside of the drops i actually really liked the way that he played like me too if you're just talking about what he did as a ball carrier i almost prefer what he did tonight versus what he did against the rams as weird as that sounds because it kind of lends itself more towards like being an, an efficient like every down running back what he did tonight um whereas last night he kind of just bounced two very wide open holes and showed off his speed and it was really cool but what he did tonight was more sustainable as a running back in my opinion uh up until the drops were which were unfortunate and we gotta be careful with the turf over there we don't want a broken hand when we're punching the turf just yeah <laughs> be a little careful next time yeah it was up until that point i was very encouraged with what i saw because he had a great rep and pass protection at one point. Absolutely slammed some guy. I think he had a return to the 38 as a returner. Mm-hmm. Um, was contributing. I thought he looked really comfortable as a kick returner too. Yeah, which, you know, I don't know what the hierarchy will be. But if, you know, push comes to shove and Hightower is not going to make it, and at least you have Dotson there to be your other guy who's going to do it. Um, so I thought overall he looked really solid. The drops, you know, eh, not great. Um, he is, I think... A very comfortable receiver overall. I don't recall if he had any drops his final year in college, but he had like hundreds and hundreds of yards as a receiver. So I think I feel better about that than the two drops would indicate. Just not very clutch, um, but really good overall. Spiller, a couple of great runs. One kind of had to reverse around and, and ran 25 yards to get two and a half. Um, but I just, there's a bit more physicality there. I'm curious what his yards after contact would be because that, that one run was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, well, he had a run against the Chiefs last year on, on I think, first down the went for 10 or 11, which required some physicality. Um, but I, really good overall. Kelly, I don't remember their He got two being, toss plays, which were kind of yeah start. Right. My opinion of that, I, I don't think there was ever, outside of one run, I think the first run went for four or whatever, maybe another one later on. I didn't think he had really any opportunity to do anything. And so maybe if you're critical of him because he couldn't create, fine. But given what he was given, there wasn't much to do for him. Yeah. Uh, just making sure I'm not missing any quotes or anything like that from Staley after the game right now because there's something in the comments. I want to make sure we can, we're not missing or anything. Uh, who in the comments? Okay. Never mind. It might have just been like their opinion or something. Um, yeah, I think Joshua Kelly, like he didn't really have many opportunities, but I thought Spiller ran hard. I really liked the way that he ran tonight. His, his, uh, big run I thought was, um, you know, really nice vision, patience, physicality. I think his, 
the physicality has always been there. Right. But I think it's just the intentionality in which that he's running right now. And just like being more confident being more comfortable, which we're really kind of seeing that come to fruition. So I, I think that um, I'm really comfortable with Kelly and Spiller. Honestly, I, I think it's a, a, a solid room. Um, I think they complement each other. Well, the question obviously is going to be, can Dotson do enough next week to cement a roster spot? Because, you know, if we're talking about Dawson Hightower, not, you know, uh, cementing any kind of status that has Dotson done enough to do that. I don't think we're there yet with Dotson, but I think at minimum you are definitely keeping him on the practice squad. Yeah, no, we can talk about guys that have the practice squad all but locked up. Someone like Mullen, I think they're going to be right on the practice squad, no problem. Um, and yeah, Dotson, Dotson, he's clearly, if, if they don't have him make the roster, he's clearly a priority for them. Um, he should be. And they've made it a priority because Browntree's gone. Yeah, 100%. Um, all right, Tyler, any other offensive things you want to talk about? Um, no, unless you want to talk about the tackles, but I don't really want to. So my thing on the tackles is that I'm ready for 39 year old Jason Peters to be signed. <laughs> like that's, that's where I'm at right now. Actually, I think he's 40. I think I lowballed that. <laughs> 39, 40 at that point. Um, yeah, it's just. It's 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 ugly. It's, it's, it's it, ugly. it is it, it's what it's been. And unfortunately, there was no currently there's no miracle that came out of it. So, yeah, not not great. I don't know what their pressure or sack whatever is going to be when all said and done, because I think like two and a half to three of them are on stick, so they shouldn't be credited to the tackles or guards or whoever. But yeah, yeah. wasn't wasn't uh wasn't great. Yeah, I and there were some instances in like. The run game on those on a couple of screens, it was Foster and Austin Pleasants just did nothing. And yeah. it's it, <laughs> it's really, really frustrating to watch. And um, you know, they have experimented a little bit with Jordan McFadden and Zach Bailey at tackle. I at this point, I like I don't think Foster should even make the roster. Like I, I just I, I can't do it. <laughs> I, I have not seen anything from him to really merit like being this kind of evaluation where they're just going to hand him a roster spot. Like I, he hasn't done extremely well in practices. You know, he had a rough scrimmage in my opinion. You know, I thought he was okay against Chris Rumpf and, and Thule, but you know, he was really, really struggled against Khalil Mack and granted that's Khalil Mack, but you know, he's got to block those kind of players. The NFL is loaded yeah. with pass rushers. Yeah, You know, his first start, Nick Bosa, you know, and they chipped and double teamed every single snap against Nick Bosa. You can't do that against everybody if Foster Sorrell is in. At some point, you're going to have to trust him to win one-on-ones. And it's just, if you can't do it against practice squad guys, I, I'm just at the point where I would rather just do the starting five, the interior trio, and if something happens at tackle, put Zach Bailey out there, put Jordan McFadden out there. I just... I don't, I don't see the point in, in doing this whole thing again. Honestly, I don't. Yeah, uh, but here we are. You know, this is. It's not like we've been talking about this. It's not like we haven't drafted tackles or whoever um, in our mock drafts. We've we've all talked about this. Every charge fan knows about it. Yeah. Um, but we were really hopeful, right? And, and look, 
I've seen Trey Pipkins have a god awful day <laughs> against the Cowboys in their joint practice, and now I I pray he's out there with us for ten more years. Yep. So maybe regular season action is a bit different, but like as you said, when you're in the fourth quarter and it's guys that are like you know edge rushers wearing the number like 13 because that's all that was left <laughs> for them, like you gotta win some of those. So. I, I'm one of the biggest draft nerds out there. I had <laughs> no idea who this kid was, you know, getting three sacks to end the game. Granted, again, some of that was on Neeson's stick, but still, like, you got to block, but you got to block. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 so strange to see the Chargers, again, so much investment in the offensive line. Yes. Or even, like, last year, there was a lot of investment in the wide receiver room, and they just couldn't do the one more thing. And look, yeah. I looked it up. And the Eagles last year, you know, best offensive line coach in the league, probably best line in the league. Their backup tackle, whoever played the most snaps for them, their pass blocking efficiency wasn't so hot either. So maybe, you know, there aren't many good backup tackles out there. But like, we got to try, guys. We really got to look ourselves in the mirror and try. If it doesn't work, you tried. I don't know that we're at trying yet. It feels awful. Yes, and Storm Norton, yes, chat was not great either. So at least we've moved <laughs> past that. And yet his PBE was higher than Sarah's last year. Yeah. No, I am uh I am taking Storm Norton ten times out of ten over Oh of no. <laughs> oh Steven. <laughs> Sam no. Tevy, Trent Scott. I'll take any of these guys over Jeez. what I'm watching right now. No. I hate to be uh, mean and pile on, but it's 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 bad. It's really bad. You've been doing a very good job being very even keeled about the whole situation. I've been I've been very patient because yeah. Trey Pipkins, the whole situation taught me a lot that I need to be more patient. But it's it's really bad, and I'm it's just not a fun thing for me to watch right now. Yeah, well, get it get it all out in the live stream. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta record with the Chargers tomorrow. So we're, gonna, <laughs> we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna leave that part out tomorrow. Yes. Well, that's why when you asked me about it last week, I was like, I'm going to wait and see how he does next week. And then, which is fair. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, yeah. totally fair. Um, yeah, the chat's having fun. Let's talk about CJ Okoye. You know who was awesome yeah. tonight? Is Jay Dude, he was fucking awesome, man. He Dude, I know. Tonight. Yeah, like like last week was like, okay, cool. He got a sack at the end of the game that he didn't cause, that the guy just ran really far and Stetson Bennett scrambled or whatever. He had like three, four pressures, a yeah. couple of run stops. Like, yeah. what the heck was that? His, Did, um, He's good. The Saints converted the fourth down, but this guy just like bulldozed through the tackle on a backside seal. It was incredible to watch like the replay back and he like didn't even have like great pad level like his technique wasn't like amazing right he was just like i'm an athlete like let's go make some plays <laughs> um i thought he was i thought he was really really good tonight and you know it's such a cool story you know this is his second real organized you know football game and he's getting run stuffs getting tackles for loss i think it's the coolest thing um i thought he was really good tonight and i thought that you know, they, they can keep him on the practice squad. I don't know if he has to go through waivers or anything like that, but um, so. he's definitely becoming somebody that that I want on the practice squad. Did you hear the story that Sebastian Joseph Day was talking about on Chargers Weekly? Um, no, I think I missed that one. <laughs> so Sebastian Joseph Day was saying that, like, after before and after every practice, the players have to weigh themselves to see, like, how they're doing. And um, one day, like a couple weeks ago, Sebastian Joseph Day is like walking over there with CJ Okoye. And um, he's like, okay, CJ, like you go first. I got to, I got to take my shoes off and stuff like that. And CJ weighs himself and he's like, and he goes, oh man, I'm too heavy. (laughs) And Sebastian's (laughs) like, dude, how much are you weighing? He weighed 350 pounds that day at practice after two hours of practice. (laughs) <laughs> and that guy looks cut up. He looks lean. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how big and athletic he is, man. It, it it blew my mind to hear that. 350, he does not look like that at all. No, he, he does not. I'm not saying this person looks bigger, but like Gerard Clark looks maybe about the same, and he's 20 pounds lighter, I think. Yeah. Um, shorter too, I think. But Gerard Clark's a huge dude. Um, so yeah, CJ Okoya just looks – I can't believe how quick he is. And they were saying, you know, say on the broadcast before camp, he had no idea what a pocket was. He didn't even know? know what a sack was, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, like at least if I tried out for the NBA, I'd know what like dribbling, is. <laughs> know what a three pointer is. Like if you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna rack up. He probably is gonna lead D tackles this game in pressures. Like I'm pretty sure, or at least in terms of like positive plays, if I had to yeah. count them, I think he leads the team, the D tackles in, in plays tonight. Um, and he got some run early in the game. Yeah, he was it was in the first quarter. Yeah. And it was like, it's, it's no matter what, it's a really cool story. And it is. It will always be a really cool story. But, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, the sack. Wow. And all these interviews. That's great. I, we have to take him actually serious. Like, not that I wasn't. But, you know, like, we really should take him seriously. Yeah. Because tonight he was doing things that nobody else in that D-tackle line was doing today. It was impressive. Yeah. He was on the Rich Eisen show. And um, they were like asking him, like, what was your first experience like? And he was, he said that 
after the first quarter against the Rams, when they switched sides, he was super confused what was happening <laughs> because he had never at practice. You don't switch sides. You just keep going the one way. So he yeah. had no idea why they were switching sides. It was, yeah, it's incredible what he's doing. And, you know, in terms of his impact from today and against this offensive line, like I, I thought that he was better than what we've seen from Gerard Clark. I thought he was better than what we've seen from David Moa. Um, Chris Hinton's had some really, really good moments in practice yes. as well. So, I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go as far to say he's like a roster lock. But if I have to choose any of these guys to keep on the practice squad and, and develop, it, it's CJ Okoye, man. Like, I, I want to oh, yeah. see what they can work with him. You know, the Chargers have one of the best defensive tackle coaches in the league. And we've seen some of these other guys really come in and develop. If he can take a 6'7", 350-pound guy and turn him into doesn't know what a sack is to having three tackles for loss in the span of two weeks. I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Jay Rogers can do here. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know what the contract situation would even be like with this, <laughs> you know, like, I guess I should have looked this up, but keep, keep him around. Like, is this, is this a rookie deal eventually? Is it a one-year thing? Do you get him for three more years after this? Cause if, we're, if you're talking about like, you can actually have this guy around for, this guy just figured out what football is. Like <laughs> he just figured out. He has no idea what's happening. Like he knows less about football than I do, and I know anything about football. <laughs> and yet he's killing it out there. Yeah. You know, I don't know how. I don't know if he'll be scheme sound. You know, like if you do this and right. that and whatever all these situations. I don't know if he'll do that. But shoot, man! Like there are a lot of D tackles in college last year who weren't. They just kind of just shot the gap, and that's kind of all they did. And they were just very athletic. And a lot of edge rushers are just very athletic. And this guy has no idea what he's doing. And he's awesome. And he's looking great out there. So great story. Seriously, great story. And now a great prospect. Like, this is a legitimate thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what, what happens there. Um, and we can, like, I, I'm excited to watch the film and see really, like, what he's doing. And, like, diagnose things. And, and mm-hmm. that might be our an early lead for our game ball segment tomorrow. Spoilers. But, um, yeah. If you weren't, I would. So, yeah. The other thing I definitely want to talk about is these young defensive backs I thought had a really good day for the most part. Um, Jaw had the one kind of mental lapse, and I don't know really like what to say there, but I thought Dean Leonard and JT Woods in particular Mm -hmm. were really, really solid today. Um, Both of them had some really great run stops. Um, JT Woods had a really nice chase down. chase down tackle he had a pass breakup dean leonard had a pass breakup so those those two in particular i thought deserved to be highlighted tonight because i thought that you know we've seen some really consistent growth from both of them and like you mentioned on twitter you know they're both kind of turning what they're doing in practice into these games mm-hmm. and i really i really like the way that those two played tonight yeah uh dean leonard look i at least had a first round grade on Justin herbert i thought he was good I just had no idea. I didn't really watch a whole lot. And we had a didn't have film at the time. So I, I look, we we're all wrong about him. A lot of people were wrong about him. Fine. I think Dean Leonard is the person I've been the most wrong about ever uh, in terms of draft picks for the Chargers because mm-hmm. I like didn't know why they drafted him outside of skill set, not skill set, but like, uh, RAS, you know, his speed. Yeah. And some otherwise, like, you watch him and he was just getting roasted his first year in the SEC. And that's kind of all you got. Like the numbers weren't good. He was like 600 on the consensus board, had barely played any football in the States. Uh, So it's like, what were you doing here? And I was so wrong. Like the the development of what they've been able to do with him 
in such a short amount of time is incredible. And yeah, there's a lot of backups in the preseason. It's mostly backups in the preseason, but like at the scrimmage, two deep targets to Mike Williams or whatever it was, and he was on there and he wasn't giving up anything. Yeah. Outstanding. And then there's JT Woods, who I'm so happy that there was more. There was the one play where just missed on the screen or dump off or whatever it was. John Taylor gets double blocked and, and JT Woods just does not get there. Big play. That was the bad play of the day. But otherwise, I don't know what the box score stats say. He was really good. And it was nice to see him continue from what he did last week outside of the boneheaded play that got him fined $6,000. So uh, for sports, just whatever. <laughs> um, it was great to see from him, honestly. I think that he was very much so the laughing stock of last year for many fans. We couldn't help but laugh because the dude couldn't play on the field. Like they weren't allowing him to do anything. They were going to keep him active. It was anybody was going to play over JT Woods. And now, especially with Alohi Gilman out, you're seeing a guy string together tons of really good plays, good performances, good practices. And my dog is just climbing all over me at this point. There's <laughs> nothing I can do. Um, she's got that dog in her, I guess. Um, yeah. Here I am. But yeah, no, JT Woods, Dean Leonard, these young DBs. Um, Mullen, I don't recall how he was in coverage today, but he's earning himself that future. I'm going to maybe be on special teams. You mm-hmm. can call me up from the practice squad because I can tackle really well sort yeah. of role. And that's awesome. Like the, the corner room is pretty much set. There was really no spot for him, maybe. But you can at least count on him in the future if somebody goes down or, I don't know, Raheem Land has to play a ton more safety snaps and you need somebody else out there. At least you have Mullen who you can call up in the practice squad. And I think feel good about him on special teams. My goodness, come on, Drew. <laughs> She's just She just wants to lay around your neck, I guess. I don't uh-huh. know. Never seen that happen before on the show, but it's all good. Um, yeah, I, I really like Tom Mullen, how he played tonight. Uh, some really good special teams tackles. Um, you know, as uh, I think it was Todd Davis pointed out earlier, Jaw Taylor did bounce back from the rough moment and, and had a nice pass breakup. Um, so I, I like the way that these young these young defense backs are playing right now. I wish that you know we could see some more of Raheem Lane, more opportunities for him. You know, he did have the one the the tight end kind of like plucked it over the top of him a little yeah, bit. Was he was in a great <laughs> position to mm-hmm. to make that play. Um, Mark Webb uh, was injured, so he did not play tonight. That's going to be a curious one to see how he bounces mm. back. But um, I thought those guys played well, and I thought that they deserved a shout-out. Obviously, Thule had a really great drive. I think it was the Saints' second drive, or it might have, or was it the third after the fumble? Pretty it early, whatever it was. Because uh, it was like three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought Thule had a really, really nice couple drives. Um, Deion Hanley looked much more comfortable in this one. That was something I was curious about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dayon obviously had the, the, the sack or, or half sack, whatever you want to call it. Um, he had the nine tackles to me, just looked more comfortable and more just kind of in tune with like what was really happening. There was the one tackle for loss that he had where he shot across the backside of the offensive line and, and tackled Merriweather, you know, behind the line of scrimmage. I thought it was a really great play. Um, I don't, I don't put too much stock in the, the sideline pass to Kendra Miller. That was kind of. Yeah, it was kind of a, a tough spot to be in. So mm-hmm. I thought he bounced back really well. I thought that his first game was kind of up and down. I thought tonight he was really, really solid for the Chargers. Yeah, the sideline to sideline coverage, very different. So the, there, there's that, right? With screens, something to the outside, whatever. Very, very good in that regard. I, I do want to now see what he does next week. 
especially if Nick Neiman and Amen aren't suiting up next week, which yeah, it seems I'm like surprised they by that one. Yeah, I was definitely surprised by that one. I thought Neiman at that point maybe could have seen himself on the bubble, um, but it seems like they feel pretty good about him and secure. I understand why. Um, so I'd love to see what Henley can do now with things that come at him downhill, rushes up the middle, that sort of thing. People were like, oh, he gave up the touchdown at the goal line. And yes, sure, like he did. But the whole defensive line was moved off the spot. The line yeah. was like there wasn't really much he could have done at that point. So, um, yeah, good, solid, promising performance from him. Certainly racked up tackles. Uh, good to see him do a lot of the things that he did in college and a lot of the kind of the DB stuff that he was used to as well. Yeah. Yeah, the touchdown I thought was more on the other linebacker. Um, Lynch, I think his name is. The one yeah, who got Lynch. injured. I thought the touchdown was more on him than it was about Dayon personally, but we'll have to see what the film says there. Um, all right, Tyler, any other uh, standouts you want to mention before we take a couple of questions here? Um, not off the top of my head. I think you, I think we've covered everybody. We talked about Dotson and Chargers Twitter or social media let us hear about that last time. So we did that. So yeah, that's all I can think of. Uh, unfortunately, a great day for J.K. Scott, but you know, <laughs> yeah, J.K. Scott was great. All the kicks were made. Dustin Hopkins exists still. Yep. Um, all right, so we'll take a couple questions here. So if you guys have anything that you want to fire away, go for it. Like I said, um, any super chats would be greatly appreciated. We sort of discussed this, but you know, thoughts on Quentin Johnson. I think for hmm. me, and you said as much, was just confidence. Yeah, um, it seemed like last week it's like, oh, hello, I get to get hit in the NFL now. And you know, he cut things off with it. Like, I'm so glad they finished with a touchdown because who knows if he that was just kind of the end of his game. They didn't allow him to do that. He has three drops or, you know, one drop, two contested catch fails or whatever. And that's kind of it. So how does he approach this game if that's the ending? Well, it wasn't. They let him go back out there, and get a touchdown. And today he just seemed a lot more confident. Dan Fouts was gassing him up a little bit too much, I think. You know, I was like, oh, my God, look at this great route. And it was like a curl into like no one around him for yeah. a first down. But there was that really good like post or skinny post or whatever it was on the outside. That was great. Um, somebody somehow had the end zone angle of that already. Um, and that was fantastic. So really confident, looked really solid, took some hits, didn't drop a ball. Things were great. Yeah, he was definitely much more comfortable. You could really tell that he's getting more acclimated with the offense and getting more acclimated with stick in particular. Um, the one, the one route that you talked about that Fouts was like, this was amazing. I, <laughs> that wasn't that, but the one, um, the one that was kind of like a, a, a deep in route. I thought that was a fantastic route. Mm-hmm. He's really, he's really, really good at the top of routes, which is something I've really come to appreciate after watching him in person. Um, he's able to really create some separation that way. Um, you know, we saw a little bit uh, of his struggles with press this week, um, but that's something he can work on. I mean, he's he's definitely got the size, definitely got the athleticism. I'm not too concerned about that. So I thought he played comfortable. I thought that if he had played longer, the offense probably would have been in a better spot um, just because it seemed like him and Stick were, were pretty comfortable, but mm-hmm. um, I thought he played really well tonight. Yeah. Uh, one from Derek White. Who's someone you considered a roster lock before the preseason that now you feel may like maybe on the bubble. Mm. I mean, Hightower, I guess. Depends how you felt about him. 
after like that, if you're asking me like after that first weekend when Hightower was just kind of lighting it up, like, yeah, that's probably the choice. Um, I don't really know of anybody. I think without what I considered a lock, Raheem like, Lane is going to yeah. make it, but I think his his role is different than I would have expected. Um, Mark Webb has apparently really come on lately um, and, and has had some good moments. We'll see how he comes back from injury. But um, last week, Mark Webb was the starter. Raheem Lane was the second guy. Mm-hmm. And Mark Webb was only playing through midway through the first quarter. So it seems like the team would prefer Webb, like play, like play role wise, which I thought would have been Raheem Lane. Yeah, you know, no. the season. yeah, good call. I, I wonder if Lane will always kind of be like their Nick Neiman, where I mean, I think he could play, but they always want him to be a maybe just special teamer through and through. Yeah. Um. Somebody asking about Kenneth Murray. We talked about that last week. I mean, they didn't even play Eamon and Nick Neiman tonight. Like, <laughs> so. I think they're pretty comfortable with those four. Yeah. So I don't think they're keeping past five linebackers. Like Henley's obviously making the team. Yeah. You now have four that have they've just told us that they're locks. And uh yeah, Zant not out there again. No yeah. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we already got fire the coach talk in the chat. It's preseason, guys. <laughs> um You've paid attention to him more than me. Thoughts on Jamari Sawyer so far? Um, it's been a little bit more up and down than I would have liked. Um, you know, not to say that he's been bad, but there were a couple uh reps tonight where I thought he got beat across his face in the run game. Um, he had one rep against Co um what's the guy's name from Wake Forest, the defensive tackle? Um, Kobe something, Kobe Turner. Turner, yeah. Uh, Kobe Turner got him once. I think that one thing with Jamari is if you're able, to, if you're able to beat him off the line, I think you can can get him. Yeah. Um, he's so strong and powerful that if you're if you're gonna try and bull rush him, like he's just gonna win. So those defensive tackles who are just like really really quick off the ball, I think he's gonna have some troubles with. Mm-hmm. Um, like I I think like what I pictured for Jamari, like if I figured he was going to play in the preseason was just somebody who was going to come in and just dominate. Yeah. And that hasn't been the case, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's, it hasn't been as clean as I would have liked for, for somebody like him. But for everything we've heard from practice, he's been really good at practice. You know, Morgan Fox uh, speaks very highly of going up against him. And so it's, I think it's, it's an adjustment, but I still think that Jamari is going to be a very, very good guard for this team. It's just been, uh, I would like to see him be a little bit more dominant in this game, just because that's how highly I think of him. Yeah. But I don't think he's played bad by any means. No, not at all. I definitely think he would have been better at this point because last preseason he was almost lights out. I think he played significantly better last preseason for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just the guy he's facing or or what. Um, I think he had to – was he – did he play left and right guard last preseason or just left? Uh, last year was mostly left. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And Slater didn't play. Never mind. And he like uh, be be Haskin nineteen points out. He's gonna play next to Corey Lindsley instead of Will Clapp and Trey Pipkins instead of the other tackles. So, <laughs> so that is, that is very true. That's that's a good point there. But like I said, he's not played bad. I just figured that he'd be a little bit more dominant coming off of last season. But I yeah. still think he's been very very good. Yeah, I, I don't think I've I don't recall watching practice and going, oh, Jamari had a rough day. 
No, uh, never. I don't think I don't think it's ever really been an issue. And, and anyone only speaks glowingly of him. Sometimes more so than Zion, but although I think Zion's been better so far. Yeah. Um. Sir Caddy talking about ASJ is he CB three with no preseason? He's earned that right. You know, I, I think that he's very clearly been the better corner than Jasir Taylor. I think it was the smart thing for the team to kind of handle that position battle the way that they did, because people like we talked about Asante definitely is the better corner, but he had never really played in the slot before. And Jasir Taylor, like that's what he does. So I, I like the way that they handled it. And I love the way that Asante has handled it. So unquestionably cornerback three, he'll start in the slot. If anything happens to Davis or Jackson, I assume he'll move back outside. So I think we should all feel very comfortable with this cornerback trio. Yeah, fine by me. They, he's done nothing but look like one of the best guys on the team out there. Yeah. Responded very well, deserves to be out there. There was a battle, and it just turned into like Germany versus France. Like it just was over real quick. Um, completely, I'm not going to, never mind. I'm not going to compare Asante Siamo Jr. to Germany. Uh, <laughs> point is, the battle was over very quick. Uh, <laughs> oh man <laughs> you lost me there tyler <laughs> never mind <laughs> forget it okay um <laughs> all right last last thing i want to touch on here because a lot of people are asking about it um darian cohen did the fourth quarter show they might use darius davis at slot a bit more so that's been like almost exclusively where they've played him when they've played him which i think is why he's kind of not getting a ton of reps in these games because Keelan Doss, that's where he plays, and they really want to see what they have in Keelan Doss, I think. Um, what, did, what did you make of the way Davis played tonight and how he's played throughout the, the summer as a receiver? Uh, throughout the summer hasn't been so great. Throughout the preseason, it's been much better, and mm-hmm. I think he's been more secure there. I don't recall if he's, any, he's had a target that was catchable that he hasn't caught. Um, obviously, there was the muffed punt today. That's something that we saw at the scrimmage during warmups and we've seen a couple of times um, hasn't been completely sound in that regard. I think, I think the thunder down under podcast pointed out he had five muff punts at TCU. I'm assuming that was over his career, not one year. Cause it's a whole, yeah, it was over the course of his career. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one per year, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but him in the slot. Great. Find ways to get him separated in space, open wide open down the field. And you're not, sorry, you're not, you're not playing him outside. This isn't like, it's not like Calvin Austin, who just all he did was play on the outside at Memphis. Like you just probably play Davis, Davis, you know, a bit in the yeah. slot or find some way to move him and then get him to the outside. Yeah. I think he's been improving as a receiver, which has been really good to see. He had a couple of really good routes in the seven on seven period that I saw on the Chargers YouTube channel against the Saints this week in practice. So, you know, they're going to string him along as a receiver. Like he's definitely going to have a role as their main returner. Um, but as a receiver, I think that's going to be a bit of a process. And, you know, like he's he's like technically speaking, like the fifth receiver that'll make it. But if they keep six, like he's wide receiver six. Like I think you play Doss or Hightower over him if mm-hmm. you need to. So I, I think that he's showing some really, really good signs. Um, but it's been a bit more of a, pro- of a work in progress than I think people probably would have assumed with him being a fourth round pick. Yeah, and it doesn't really fit the style of the receiver that they've that either Callum Moore or Tom Telesco have uh, really worked with. So I think he's just going to be that that 
the guy who's always going to be active as the fifth guy that's active, but never more than the sixth receiver on the team. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But I thought he looked really good tonight. And I he did. He had some good moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. So, uh, Tyler, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, nope. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in tonight. Um, like Tyler mentioned, we're going to uh, record for the Chargers tomorrow, which will be an episode that will be dropping on Wednesday. Um, and then this is going to be a, a really interesting week. This is the final week of the preseason. So lots to get sorted out as the team starts to prepare for the actual regular season next week after the roster cuts. So uh, lots to dive into over the next seven days, and I'm excited to do it with Tyler. Excited to uh, have you guys in the chat, as always. So that's going to be our site. As always, bolt up.